The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S.com. This episode of the Podcast of Terror is brought to you by our friends at Statosphere Merch. Use our coupon code TERROR for 15% off your order at statusphere.com. Welcome to episode 69 of the podcast. Word. Here. What? I said word. <laughs> Makes me feel white. <laughs> this is a production of the Galactic. Uh, this is a podcast about things. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me, as always, is Corey Miata Dix. Uh, mine's more of a Hyundai. <laughs> Honda Civic. <laughs> no, so, no, Hyundai. It's, 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 it's hard to pronounce and easy to confuse with other ones. Um, I guess it's good in the lineup situation. Oh, no, never mind. We're going to back off of this now. Jesus. <laughs> Got off a tip real quick here for. Uh, for more on this podcast, including show notes, content information, subscription links, you can go to Nesh Pot. You can chat with us on our Slack channel during our shows at gmcast.com slash sign up and subscribe to our newsletter. And, uh, we're spoilers. We're going to spoil a Christmas horror story a little later. So if you haven't seen that, you should go watch that. And uh, I have to point out that we have potty. If you didn't pick up on it already. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, but we are doing this episode for the kids. What? Um, so no, again, no. I feel weird about it. This, this, this one isn't really for the kids. There it's for just, the parents of the kids. Yeah, there's a question poised by a, a really good friend of mine in a, in a first time. Um, <clears throat> so instead of news this week, what we're going to do is Corey and I are going to talk about the movies that are kind of good to get kids into horror. Um, our, our friend Seth's on his nine. He really wants to start getting into horror movies. So he asked me what movies would be good to kind of ease him into it. He also asked for movies that don't have boobs, and Corey made probably the funniest observation, is that isn't that why we watched horror as kids, to see the gratuitous nudity? It, it, it really was. I mean, it was like flipping through the channels and, oh, here's Showtime, and oh, there's boobs, and yeah, now but, someone's head is getting chopped off. Yeah. And oh, here's Cinemax, and oh, look, there's boobs, and now, you know, people are getting burned to death or run over by possessed cars yeah like, it, it, it's oh, go, go. they kind of go hand in hand and then hand in your junk but it's just sort of the reality that for a long time i think horror movies when they utilize sex uh in a way to maybe get and keep the teens interest but but two it, it maybe it was like a moral thing that they're trying to state of like if you do things wrong like friday the 13th especially is like if you go have sex in the woods someone's gonna stab yeah, you you're gonna die um, oh, I man. feel like when I was a kid, there was more like kid horror out there. Like Goosebumps is huge enough, and I—I I mean, I read all the read all the books. I can't fucking. Read. I just kind of looked. For, I looked for pictures of but, boobs. Of boobs, yeah. But like, I and granted, I'm 30, so I'm not like cruising around the internet to find out what kind of horror fiction the kids are reading. So I don't even know if that still exists. But um, that was that was the first thing I ever did, and the TV show Are You Afraid of the Dark was also on when I. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. is I, I come from a different era. So one of the things uh, I was going to talk about is the first like memory of me writing was doing a play off of a, a children's book that was from Disney, uh, Disney's wonderful reading, wonderful world of reading or whatever, and it was The Haunted House, and it was about Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and Goofy going to a haunted house. And for some reason, it, it was either the visuals from the book are so striking – or I'm I'm remembering that there was a cartoon of it at some point because I really remember this more in motion than I do reading the book, but I remember reading the book too. And that was like one of the first things I ever wrote was sort of like a, a version of me in that story. And I, I drew the pictures. So I, I did like my own little illustrated book when I was in nursery school. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that stands out of my head. So it's like the first thing I can remember writing is a horror story to a degree. Um not incredibly scary and haunted house stuff is usually like there's ghosts and the ghosts themselves just being there is enough to scare you and kid stuff. It's not so much that things are coming after you. It's just scary enough, but yeah, we didn't have goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark when I was a kid, there was not a series of scary books. I had encyclopedia Brown. How I'm, I'm trying to look up when, when are you afraid of the dark started? Um, I'm curious how old you and, and like in a in a way in which oh night yeah so, so I would have been nineteen seven uh, thank you and uh, eat a dick <laughs> um, but I mean at nineteen you'd have no I mean you could go see movies in the theater nineteen five right well yeah and 
I, I remember seeing horror movies in the theater before that. You know, it, it certainly from the time I was like 15 or so, we were going to see R-rated films and just no one gave a shit because you're if, fucking 15 in the 80s. Uh, they brought back Are You Afraid of the Dark in 1999. It was called The Midnight Society. Right. I have to find yes. this. I, I've never, I only ever watched the original. Um, yeah. I, I, um, uh, yeah. So, but so one of the things I was trying to think of like other stuff, there was a haunted house Mickey Mouse movie that came out in 1929. It's black and white and you can find it all over the web. Um, and it's, it's simply okay. It's, it's almost like Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse. And just like I said, ghosts just kind of bop it around and it's supposed to be scary because they're ghosts, but they're not really doing anything. No one's being attacked. Uh, One of the first things that I remember from Disney that was actually frightening, though, uh, was the Sleepy Hollow version that they did in 1949, I think. And it was it's it's a combination that was Mr. Toad and Ichabod. Uh, So it was two different stories. The Sleepy Hollow one is about a half hour or so. But that thing like Sleepy Hollow is already terrifying in and of itself and they the guy that they had playing well the characterization of ichabod in the the film is like this really long neck guy he's super cowardly and it just kind of works because the way that he's brought across in it is you feel extra scared because of how scared he is you know it's not like he's someone who's standing up bravely to what's going on and and the fact is that the sleepy hollow is about a guy who comes and chops off people's heads um that's terrifying the fact that it's also a dude that's a ghost on a ghost horse uh or a nightmare as i like to make my wife laugh um is just totally like they they did the the tim burton version a few years ago and that was a much more serious take on it but sleepy hell it doesn't take a lot to make that scary but certainly if you're trying to break in young kids doing it in a disney animation and give them the option of having another story as part of it um, that isn't as scary is kind of a good idea. Yeah, I, and I also like. I know that Seth and his son watch The Simpsons. And the Simpsons do the Treehouse of Horrors every right, which is kind of a good way. I mean, it's usually a little more graphic than say a Disney a Disney show, but uh, it does make a lot of pop culture references to existing horror movies. I'm trying to think of yeah. specifics, but I know. I mean, they they've done all the characters. they've done all the slasher movies. Even if you go backwards, I mean, going to the point where Homer was being attacked by the Krusty doll. Yes. You know, that's a theme that follows a lot of different things. When I was a kid, and one one of the first horror movies that I remember really like seeing and realizing and just being terrified about for years was a movie called Magic with Anthony Hopkins, and it was a guy who had a ventriloquist dummy. And the ventriloquist dummy started telling him stuff to do. And I think we've talked about this on here early on in the the series of like my first scary movie experience. It was that and it was the first Halloween. But Magic is not a kid's movie. But for some reason, I guess I saw it young enough that it seemed like it was okay. And then my uncle, who knew I was terrified about it, gave me a ventriloquist dummy as a kid that I spent years just trying to be nice to that thing because I didn't want it to kill me. Um yeah, it was. I don't remember it having anything like it. I don't remember being super scary, like visually. It was just it was emotionally terrifying. And the fact that it was this doll that was telling the guy, hey, that girl that you like, why don't you go kill the guy that she's dating and stuff? And it's just it's just creepy enough. Um, so I wouldn't say that's a thing to start your kids on. Although a friend of mine at work just recently got his kid watching Alien and his kids probably about 12 or so. But it's like he said he wasn't really scared by alien he goes so the next thing i'm gonna have him watch is the thing like only when the mom's away yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we're gonna watch these things i'm like that's that's great um but as far as like you said seth's son is nine yep there have been a couple of really good movies the last few years that have stood out to me uh things that we've watched and just been like okay this is this is particularly well done uh one of them was a movie called monster house which was a 3d animation thing about these kids that go and it's it's a haunted house movie but in it the house itself is actually what's possessed it's not like there's ghosts in it the house is the monster and the way that they handle that in the film is really well done the animation is just terrific um the way that they entrap the kids in the house and how the house is fighting them in and of itself um and it's good comedy and everything but it it's sufficiently scary, I think, for that age group. It's it's scary enough 
I don't even think it holds back from the fact that you feel like there's actual danger going on. I think maybe some people actually die in it, but to the extent of like people die in up, mm-hmm. um, you're not seeing violent deaths, but you are aware that people have died. Uh, another great one uh, by one of my favorite authors, Neil Gaiman, is a movie called Coraline. And Coraline, I I don't know, is really pitched to people as a horror story, but it really is. It's about a girl who kind of wants to get away from her family and she goes in this other dimension where she meets other versions of her family except they've all got coal black eyes and the mother there tries to keep her and at first she's like all for it she's like i want to get away from where i am and come live here but then she realizes that something's wrong and she can't escape and this is a uh, they've been doing those stop motion movies. Uh, yeah, Kubo and yeah. the Two Strings just recently came out. It's the same production company. Uh, really just amazing, beautiful film in and of itself, but also a great tale and the kind of scary stories that I think is modern enough for kids to understand today while still being timeless. So some of the other movies that popped up on when looking at the, the Coraline page on Amazon that kind of made ring a bell. Um, <clears throat> obviously, The Nightmare Before Christmas is another uh, Tim Burton. Was that stop motion? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, so there's that one, and then The Corpse Bride. All three are very yep. similar in feel and look. I've and never... Tim Burton stuff in general yes. is is kind of like the sort of the right age. If you if you start him off even with the Pee Wee's Big Adventure, there's the the one scene with Large Marge. Which the when you see it, it's it's sort of terrifying, just in that one moment. But it's it's done as a joke. But then if you can follow that up with things like Beetlejuice and some of yep. his other movies. Yep. Uh, next week we are having Gregor uh, Sprague on from Else Nerds, and we're doing Scissorhands, uh, which was another Edward Scissorhands. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> when, when when Seth first asked this, like none of this came to mind. So I'm kind of glad that. I didn't just try and answer it in myself, but there really is a ton of movies. I mean, Beetlejuice is a comedy, but it has a lot of horror aspects. The visuals and kind of a dead guy. Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at some of the stuff we've done, especially for the people who've been on who aren't big horror fans, the things that they've picked out, uh, or even things that are still horror movies like Critters. I think Critters, being PG-13, maybe a little bit old for the, the nine-year-old, but not horribly so. Nothing stands out as it being super adult, but it is when it gets dark, it gets dark. And yeah, again, people yeah. die in it and die in sort of violent ways. So it's it's whether or not you want the kid to be creeped out. Um, how far are you willing to take it? So you, you got to start them with the first bit and then see if they if they hunger for the next level of a horror movie, if they really enjoy being scared or if it's like they can't take it. There's um, Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> and, and like I'm saying that in all honesty, that that that's a, a comedy movie with like a horror side to it. It's not scary, but it it's like a soft introduction to horror. Now, what I what I did as a kid is like I said, I read the Goosebumps, was playing scary video game, started going to haunted houses, and I think it was when I started going to haunted house, actually getting scared is when. It, so I say put a toe in. Yeah, and, and you want to you want to start shallow end, yeah. and then go a little bit deeper. If your kid can handle some of the stuff that we've already recommended, then you can move into some of the made-for-TV movies of Stephen King. Yes, like, one thing that freaked me the fuck out as a kid was a scene in Salem's Lot. Now I don't even know that I've ever seen the full thing of Salem's Lot, but there's a scene where the kid is in a hospital and his friend has been turned into a vampire and comes floating up to the window trying to get in at him. And that is just, I mean, it still stands out in my head as something that's just like, ugh, shudder. Um, but we recently were rewatching um, the stick, not the stand, sorry, uh, the one with the clown, It. It, yeah. You don't have time to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the stand, uh, the the whole television series, and I, I can't say that it's it's so long, mm-hmm. and I don't know that the themes are, are quite interesting enough for a young kid. Uh. It, I think, because the first half of it is all about them as children might be something that That's a kid true. would watch. I was, um, I was a big fan of the link. I still am to this, day. uh, it and the Langoliers rooms, but I kind of lucked out cause my mom is a huge Stephen King fan, like his books. So I just kind of like ended up watching them. fight the good fight to be able to watch something on TV. I'm- 
Yeah, one of my best friends when she was a kid, she used to do book reports on things like Cujo and, <laughs> and the stand and stuff. And her teachers were really concerned about her parentage. Um, but that's just that's, that's a just good, that's a quality that's parent. Yeah, that I think so too. I think when you let your kids, you know, if they feel what like they've been developed past these standard things and this is the direction they want to go, and you just let them go with it and say, hey, you know, if you need to talk about this, we'll talk about this. Yeah. If you have questions, I'll sit and we'll answer the questions together. But for the most part, let your kids' imagination grow in the direction they want to grow in. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, if you're, I mean, I. So it's funny because Seth claims that his son Theo talks all the time, but every time I see Theo, he does not say a word. <laughs> and apparently, they have that effect on children. Children all over the place do it. Actually, it's just like two kids, but that's everywhere to me. Um, Learn to bottle that and sell it to people who work retail. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like I don't know. I'm kind of just working through what he's told me. So it's like I can suggest stuff all day, or we can suggest things. Um, but I feel like the moral of the story here is. Give them options. You know yeah. what I mean? Like put forth all of like the 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 younger the youngerized horror stuff, and just kind of see where he wants to go from there. I don't know. I, I mean, if I, you can find stuff that that addresses it as like a portion of a bigger thing, and that bigger that is thing is true. stuff that you'll. I mean, if you talk about scenes from Indiana Jones, like Temple of Doom, has some crazy stuff in it uh, between spiders and snakes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and skeletons and traps and stuff. If they can handle that in in the middle of what is a big, you know, bright adventure movie and the guy pulling hearts out of chests and stuff like that's that's a horror elements in something that can still keep them enwrapped in other parts without being a total horror movie. That's the things where you kind of have to see which parts are they going to gravitate towards and which parts are going to like cause them to run out of the room mm-hmm. uh, or lose interest completely. It just sort of depends. So you don't want to you don't want to force a kid to love horror just because you love horror, but you want to give them the opportunity well, that if they they're like, well, you're into this, I want to see what you're into. Yeah, you know, let them let them dip their toe. Yeah, that's um the other thing, and and we live in a day and age where the thing, and with how big horror video games are, like obviously we did we did the Five Nights at Freddy episode for Theo, so that's done. Yeah, it, it's hard to say Seth's son. That's done. I wanted to put that out. Um. And that came because he watched the Five Nights at Freddy's playthroughs a lot, which is which is awesome. When I mean, you have very very immersive horror video games. There's some really really badass ones coming out next year that I'm super pumped about. And um, if you if you're not comfortable playing them or whatever, you can just watch someone else play them, which I think is cool too. So it's another aspect of being able to ingest horror media while not really like going balls deep on it. Right. So yeah, there's and I've said this before. There's there's almost too much too much out. There. You can really kind of get lost trying to find something much out there. I, I feel like I, feel, I don't feel a better answer than I originally thought we would come. No, I'm, it, there is a lot, and you kind of have to you have to feed it slow. You're not gonna yeah. take them right from from like oh you you want to watch a horror movie? Okay, let's watch The Shining. Yeah, come sit on Daddy's lap and watch The Shining with me, son. Uh, and then we'll like go some, out in the weird and, and run through a maze together. What yeah, fun. That's like someone saying, um, I think I'm going to try drugs and just picking up hair. Uh, or peyote. Or peyote. You know, just... Ayahuasca. Yep. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I hope that helped not only Seth, but people in general. Like, I know I know that there are a handful of people that listen to this podcast that aren't huge horror fans. We've had people contact, oh, I really think you guys are funny. Which, I'm sorry if you think Corey and I are funny. Mm-hmm. Looks like everything. Uh, the other thing is when if you want to really start them young in their crib, instead of playing Brahms Lullaby, you play a little bit King Diamond. See how that goes. Oh, God. Did I ever tell you about the time I saw King Diamond live? No. So uh, he, uh, we actually saw him in Milwaukee tour with Slayer. It was like a big, long festival, but it was the only show he's ever played without his face in Milwaukee. But uh, yeah, like the Devil Wears Prada, which is a longtime favorite band of mine, was playing like a floor lower. It's in this big complex type place, and they're playing a floor lower like 10 minutes before King Diamond ended, they started. So I'm the guy I was with, I was like, dude, I'm going down there. And he goes, but you're going to miss King Diamond kill his grandma. I'm like, <laughs> why is that a thing? Like, why is King Diamond killing his grandma a thing? And apparently it's a thing he does at every... Yeah, it, it's the theatrics. It's like Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, you go to see Alice Cooper. I mean, I think Alice does some great music. Uh, I certainly like a lot of his, especially his earlier stuff. Yeah, but you, you don't go to but the But you show. go to see him yeah. because it's it's a show to to witness. It's it's almost a magic act. It's definitely a sort of a vaudevillian 
uh, with horror elements act. Uh, th- yeah. That's another thing. If you can take your kid that's true. to a uh, concert and, and see some of the things, I, I think we've, we've kind of gotten past the point where we think that Alice Cooper is actually scary. And we get that it's all theatrics now for a long time in the the seventies, especially. And then a little bit in the eighties, it was like, Oh, he's the, he's a demon. He's, he's all these other things <laughs> like that. And it's like, no, that's ridiculous. So you get less horrific things at an Alice Cooper concert than an Ariana Grande one, but just, there's more. Yeah, sluts. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Like halfway through that, I was like, I don't know if this is right. I, 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 I'm, I'm apparently standing in the wrong section for any kind of uh, action at a... Well, I don't go to concerts anymore. I'm old. Mm. I'm an old. You're in... There's nothing wrong. Um, so, looking at all the links you talked about. So, I'm going to have uh, in the show notes, there's uh, Amazon link um, to some of the movies that we did talk about. You can watch them there if you're interested. Or, like, I've never seen Magic with Anthony Hopkins. I'm going to go back and watch it. I never even heard of it. It may be something to do a review on at some point. I I, I have not watched it since the early 80s. Um, probably somewhat by choice, but also because it's not something that you see popping up on TV a lot anymore, but it's it'd be worth talking about. I will edit. Maybe we should stop having people. No, I mean, I like having the people on the show. Well, and so do I. It's just... we, wouldn't, we wouldn't think of ourselves. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Definitely. It's just like we have this list that we never, ever get to. Well, we, we can switch it up sometimes, and never. we have been a little overzealous with having guests on every week. Um, well, although we, when you have people like Nicole, yeah. uh, who bring a huge, crazy amount of conversation in that we would probably never reach on our own. We were, um, we were very fortunate to have a large group of people that enjoyed they wanted to come on, and they keep wanting to come back. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm making it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just very tired, and I was hungover part of today. <laughs> so we had a fucking bunch of snow. So yeah, It does give me a sober person to talk to on a Sunday. That's always nice. Uh, you can talk to your fucking self for all I care right now. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm willing to give you up for the sober person. Never I'm just saying, in addition up. to my drunk friend, Matt. I'm I'm crazy. Crazy. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's your... Two fat hipsters intro to horror movies. Trademark. Trademark. <laughs> Register trademark. We will hunt you down and break your knee. All right. So we're going to get into our review now of a Christmas horror story, which almost, almost could have maybe sort of qualified a little bit for what we were just speaking on. But it gets a little risque at points that uh, unfortunately takes it out of the running. Yeah. Yeah. There was that one sex. It's like the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> I was waiting for I was waiting for something <laughs> something you were gonna say. Um, yeah, I mean, there's. Um... Okay, so Christmas horror story. First of all, is not a horror story. It is a series of horror stories. It's a bunch of shorts, much akin to Trick or Treat uh, that we've talked about before, or Creep Show, the the films, or uh, Tales from the Crypt, I guess. If you are talking about the TV series as opposed to the films, uh, there was a Tales from the Dark Side movie. There was a bunch of short stories, too, that was bookended by things starring Debbie Harry from Blondie. Uh, I kind of remember that. So this is this is more of those things. It They do connect. Uh, it was sort of interesting watching it to see how they connected because we start out uh, introduced with the bookended stories of William Shatner, as a DJ at a radio station, which reminded me way too much of Pontypool to make yes. me feel as connected to it as I wanted to be. Funny, um, funny story. Quick sidebar. So his name yes, was sir. DJ Dangerous. I don't know if you knew this, but when I met Dave Nelson, he was Dangerous, Dangerous Dave, Dave Nelson. Yep. Yep. Now he's tasteful, Dave. I prefer him as tasteful. Me too. Uh, <laughs> we. we it helped that we named him that on one of the podcasts that we used to do. Uh, I think Glenn Rubenstein. Is the one who named him Tasteful Dave Nelson, but <laughs> yeah. So side booth. We uh, so there's Shatner who's in a booth announcing to people it, it's Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and he's he's kind of like doing his his doubled up show for that. And then there is a story that we get introduced to pretty fast of kind of a flash forward to Santa in a in a barn surrounded by his reindeer. He's been obviously having a physical altercation with somebody and he's standing behind the door the door is getting banged on and he's about to be attacked again and that's one of the stories and probably to me the more interesting story and if the whole movie had just been about that 
I may have been a little more into it, but I understood by the end why it wasn't. Um, then the second actual story that is the one that is sort of the meat of the whole thing that kind of everything else springs off of are these teenagers who are fucking around in places they shouldn't be on Christmas trying to do their sort of own paranormal show on YouTube about a murder that happened at their school some time ago, two students that were killed and they're going in there to kind of investigate the story, which is weird because the school's still open. So it's not recent, right? But they have to go and do this during the holiday break. Um, I, I just didn't quite understand some of the, the things that were in part of the story. Then a, a person who is introduced in that tale that helps give them keys goes off into her own story where she's traveling with her family for the holidays, going to visit their grandmother that they're kind of estranged from. And then the last story is uh, the girl from the school thing. She used to babysit the child of a cop. And the cop and his wife and his son have their story where they're going off to get a Christmas tree. And so each of these things kind of take a different sort of Christmas tale and put a horror twist on them. And I wasn't sure exactly what each Christmas tale was about until we get towards the end and we see them all kind of finished up what they're doing. Now, out of the four main stories, which one do you like the best and which one do you like the least? Would you consider... Because, I mean, in the end, they all kind of... In, in a certain degree, they do. They're yeah. all still separated, but they, they do, in some ways, meet up. They, mm-hmm. they all cross over. So it, it, and I, I've got to say, one of the problems I have with this is the fact that they try to intersperse the stories as opposed to telling them one at a time. Yeah, a, because yeah. it made it too convoluted to try to watch and keep up with any one thing. And I don't mean that because it was complicated. More is it just things things didn't happen at a at a swift enough pace in places where they needed to. So they were all going through the slow spot at the same time. And that was a little unfortunate. Yeah. Um, to, to answer your question, I think the my least favorite was definitely tree black. Okay. Um, Most of the people that I've seen talking about this and, and I like go through IMDB and stuff to look at other people uh, chattering about these things. Uh, they all felt it was the kids at the school, but I think that was the general annoyance of teenagers in general. They're just like those fucking asshole kids at the school. Well, Um, there's, there were certain things about the family that I did enjoy. Like there's the kids laying in bed and I'm closes the window and the reflection. Like I thought that was really cool. And it kind of foreshadows the later explanation of the changeling. mm -hmm. Like that the kid's really not the kid and all that. Um, I thought the kids were annoying, but I just I, there was at least more story to it than the family with the Christmas. But like with right. the, the family and the Christmas tree, I don't feel like they would have adequately explained the whole changeling aspect to that these people aren't really these people and they're just changelings at this point. Now, granted, if the family story didn't exist, they could have written another one. But honestly, my favorite was Santa and all the elves. Just I thought it was fucking funny. Yeah, I, that was by far the most enjoyable part to me and i think that the only reason why that wasn't a standalone thing that that would have made a more enjoyable film overall is because they wanted to introduce the idea of what krampus was at the same time so the whole thing of santa sitting there and fighting his elves that are all turning to zombies which i was hoping was going to be like a conspiracy because mrs claus comes in with the cookies and one of the elves, the first one to turn, doesn't want the cookie, um, but he's already showing signs of sickness and and changing. I thought maybe Mrs. Claus was going to be the cause of it, and like it was going to be a war between him and her, and there was something going on there. Uh, I was disappointed that that wasn't the case. It was to bring in the Krampus character that was introduced in the story about the family that was visiting their grandmother. But oh. so there we go. We've got a we've got a story about Santa. Um, we've got a story about the changeling, which wasn't really Christmassy, except for the fact that it had to do with them going out looking Christmas for tree. a Christmas tree yeah. that they cut out of a, a field that they shouldn't have been in. It was supposed to be guarded. That whole thing of the kid coming out of the, the hole in the tree very much reminded me of Stranger Things uh, and the the underneath and, and yep. all that stuff. That was the upside down. I was like, this is timed in such a way that they really could have, like, which one came first because uh, the movie came out in 2015 and Stranger Things was obviously already being worked on and is 
was released this year. But it was just like when that started to happen, I'm like, oh, man, what are we seeing here? Uh, this seems way too much like that. Um, but again, not that they were ripping them off. But that part really didn't seem Christmassy, except for the fact that it's about the family that's trying to heal because of some problems that they've already had with the father, who was the cop that found the bodies in the school from the first story um, and him trying to make his family work again. So, and I didn't really like how they, they kill him off in part of it. And it becomes more about the mother dealing with the son. It's, it just, it felt a little too abrupt to make that happen. And the whole thing, that whole story just didn't work for me in that regard. I think the, the actress who played the mom was really good. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it was just kind of, it went through a lot of motions without giving a lot of, emotional resonance mm-hmm. as to why things were happening. You kind of had to piece together and more together from other stories than from its own story. And that I found a little bit annoying. I mean, and she uh, never gets a resolve all in all. Like I don't, I didn't hate this movie, you know, like it, it's really easy to look at each story and kind of be like, nah, this sucked and that sucked. But like overall, it wasn't a terrible movie. Yeah. But I mean, we just did Krampus for you last week and then, uh yeah and then they do krampus in this now again these movies came out at the same time they were 2015 film uh so just two different takes on krampus yeah but 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 but, krampus isn't a huge part of this and if you if you look at the end of the movie krampus i thought that was stupid they find out that, like, Santa wasn't really Santa. It was a crazy mall Santa. Yeah, so the, the whole thing we get to at the end, uh, and this is the big giveaway for the film, is that William Shatner, as the, as the DJ, is Dangerous Dan, is sitting there, and he sends off his weatherman to the mall to go hand out toys for the unfortunate kids. Mm-hmm. And as he's there... Now, he, he is pissed off. He leaves the radio station and holds up a sign to to Dan in the, the booth and says, fuck Christmas. And then at the mall, he's apparently envisioned himself as Santa envisioned that his elves have started to try to kill him and turn into zombies. And he's going around killing them and winds up killing his wife who has turned, but he's not actually killing elves. He's killing the mall patrons and the mall staff. Yeah. And, but you don't see, uh, at the beginning of the movie when, the, when he holds up the fuck Christmas sign, you don't see the guy's face. Leave. Right. So it, it, it's a, M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end. Uh, it, it's a better twist, and it's probably one of the better things. And there was no in water movie. involved, right? No, not at all. Well, I guess no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, eggnog works in a pinch. That's true. Yeah, like I said, if that was the whole story, if that portion of it was like if they had just made a film about that, mm-hmm. one they could have expanded it more. They could have done better explanation of things. And two, I think it was the most creative of all the stories in this. Do you ever think that maybe these were four separate movies and they presented them to a studio and the studio was like, so they just <laughs> took the best parts and put it together and the studio was just like, fine, just fucking make it, just leave us alone. Well, it's directed by different people uh, for the, probably for the different segments, kind of like mm-hmm. how Four Rooms is, um, which Four Rooms is a great example of a movie that took a unifying theme of the the bellhop guy and ran him through the different things that happen in the hotel that he's working at for the for the new year's eve uh parties essentially that are going on and and that's i mean that's a masterpiece but you look at the people who worked on that and of course it's going to be but i think that's sort of what they were trying to do with this is they were trying to everybody gets to bring a story to it but then someone is overseeing it and saying now how do we make these connect Whereas the intersection between these to make it all work out to be like our, our unified film. Yeah. And and I I get it. The the kids in the high school thing was the least Christmassy. The only thing that's that makes it connect so is yeah, the on Christmas. Well, it's Christmas Eve and it's the they walk into the room that's full of the manger statues. And that's essentially what it is. is they're trapped in this place but in that- the winter. I don't, I don't feel like that it counts. Has to do with a, well, but it also has to deal with a birth. They're trying to get the girl to have sex with the one of the two guys, either one, to get impregnated so that she can bring the child into the world. Um, that's the the trickier part of it. And I, I feel like, feel like stretch, that though. was... I mean, you could, get right, stuck exactly. in a, you could get stuck in a storage closet full of Christmas shit and argue that it's a fucking Christmas. Yeah, 
Exactly. Uh, or Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it happens on Christmas. You do not talk bad about Die Hard. <laughs> it's just really funny to me that everybody's like so 100% like, oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. No, that's just been said by a bunch of people over the years so that they can watch Die Hard at Christmas. And I get it. And and I, I completely agree that it, it goes perfectly well with it because they play uh, Christmas and Hollis Queens at the beginning and that right there says you deserve to be played at Christmas. But that's not really the point. It, <laughs> Die Hard's as much a Christmas movie as Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. Uh, Lethal Weapon is, it, it takes place during Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Right. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, man. It's like, <laughs> how else are guys supposed to watch these movies at Fuck no, you, that's Corey. that's exactly right. I don't need you to. Give, I don't need to explain shit to you. <laughs> um, I had to watch Christmas that, Vacation when my wife wasn't around because she hates it. Then, so yeah, but that allows for the the high school part of this is that well, it's taking place at Christmas, but even, and they're trapped even, in the school because it is during Christmas and they can't get a hold of anybody because no one knows to look for them. Even the 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 high school part though, like the overall story and the overall theme and stuff like doesn't really like it doesn't need to be there yeah i mean it really it's probably the worst explanation of anything in the movie because it's just why are these kids interested in this why we don't know why the, the murder happens the year before um and then they go through and it sort of reenacts it's just really poorly explained uh we don't know what set the cop off that leads into the changeling story to freak out about it because that's apparently what we're assuming is what caused him to have such a problem other than the fact that the murders themselves took place on christmas the year before so like i'm not sure exactly what about this makes connection other than it's really tertiary it's it's really kind of forced uh and it doesn't work incredibly well and it had the potential to be i think the scariest one and wasn't you know it's just like here, here's some ghosts. Here's a reenacting of one of the guys dies like the guy died in the year before. The other guy is dead just in the other room. We didn't even see what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's random sex to to get pregnant. And then the freak out of like, what are you doing to me? What am I doing to you? What are you doing to me? It's like, what are we all doing watching this shit? This is this was to me probably the the weakest one. See now, now you now you're like making me rethink my decision to say that the family was the worst one. The the Changeling family or the Krampus family? The ch- I'm sorry, the Changeling family. I want to keep... <laughs> um, the Changeling family. Thank you for giving me another option. But uh, yeah, like the more we talk about it, God, I'm pretty sure you, you're you the only person on this planet that could talk me into being gay. I I don't think it would take a lot of talk. It would say, hey, Matt, how are you feeling today? Kind of gay. All yeah. right, good. I um, feel like I really want to put a dick in my mouth. That's, that's all right. That doesn't mean you're gay anyways. Who needs labels? Um, so the, the the last story is the family going to see Grandma and accidentally summoning Krampus. And I, I am going to say... That, that's how it gets you. Yeah, it's just like, oh, Krampus out of nowhere. It's like the UPS guy just shows up when you least fucking want him to be there. It's yeah. like, Dick, just leave yeah. it at the door. Um, but I am going to say, the Krampus in this, probably more visually interesting than the Krampus that we watched in actual Krampus last week. I mean, it's 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 such a basic kind of wendigo look to it but then he there's the part where santa's fighting the krampus later on and he chops off one of his horns and when the horn hits the ground it turns into ice mm-hmm. and shatters like an icicle uh, i thought that was really cool it he's got an actual moving face and mouth and features so they did makeup as opposed to what was a, a static mask for the face i think krampus the film had a lot going for it in the other creatures that were made and and used throughout it. Mm. But the Krampus itself was like, once we got past the leaping shadow thing at the beginning and they showed us Krampus towards the end, he wasn't really visually stimulating. And this Krampus was, I think, a better interpretation or a more interesting one to me. But the, the family thing was everybody has their secrets and it's because of their secrets that they're getting punished uh, but even as they start to confess the things they've done wrong. So this is the thing that we kind of talked about with Krampus last week is that even when you start to improve, it doesn't matter. Krampus is already going to tear your shit up. Um, that's, and and so the, that's, that's a really funny, like a real world spin on it is usually people are like, oh, I'm going to fuck around until I get called out on it. Krampus is kind of like, it doesn't matter. Like if you, you fuck around, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Period. It, it's, it's already too late. I'm here. You know, it's we're here. Like, I, we're queer. I up. It's we like, don't want any more bears. I was going to say, it's like a hooker. It's like, I showed up 
You know, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if anybody fucks me, I'm getting paid. Yep. Um, so I ain't leaving until I get my 250 bucks. Uh, <laughs> Someone's going to pay that's me why, to take a dick. That's why hookers get killed. So, Whoa. um, <laughs> Whoa. sorry. Sorry to my friends in the, in the adult entertainment business out there. Um, you all have value. Uh, it, so, but what they did different in this is that the Krampus isn't just a creature in and of itself. The Krampus comes from a person who feels betrayed or angry at Christmas. So the emotions turns them into a Krampus, which I thought was actually kind of cool. And again, what made it visually interesting is that we see the original Krampus going through doing all this stuff. And then that one gets killed. And then the girl turns into a Krampus and she actually looks different from the first one. Uh, They change some of the cues of, of how she is comparatively to the other guy. And I thought that was cool. I thought that was a good move to do. It's not like I just turned into the same old Krampus. It's I'm, a, I'm my own Krampus. Yeah. I, I just paid attention. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out, you son of a bitch. I, I figured, you know, I, I, I didn't have as much going on. Uh, but Neither did I. I just shitty. America <laughs> has done this to me. I did like that when she, when the daughter is sitting there and she's talking to her parents and they're like trying to talk about things that they do that are wrong. She's like, I steal shit. I don't mean to. I, it's it's not even stuff that really matters, but I do it and I don't feel great about it, but I just keep doing it. And then she talks about her little brother and her little brother who had gotten taken already. And she's like, yeah, he kills animals. Uh, you know how we keep losing pets? <laughs> I found him in the garage covered in blood and smiling. Um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit more fucked up. So we ain't going to look for Timmy. All right, Timmy's gone. We're better off without Timmy, okay? Uh, I don't remember if his name was Timmy, but fuck that kid. No, all creepy kids' names are Timmy. <laughs> it's uh, as it should be. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally on board with calling them. And they listen in King Diamond. Uh, just saying, build your own at home. It's good fun for the whole family, oh. or for the adoption agency you drop them off at. You can send all angry emails to pot <laughs> at gncast.com. Address that shit to Corey. Yes, uh, it's always me. I'm always the one. Yeah, I don't know, like. The best thing about this movie is probably the ending, uh, which is you either like the end, how they they bring it all together with the reveal, or you don't. And if you don't, then you're going to feel really stupid for having sat through the whole thing. I, I So here's my take on it, and it's kind of like I liked it and I hated it all at the same I liked it because it was different. I liked it because I didn't see it coming, but I hated it because it's like I didn't want that in this. I just wanted it to, to be... What it you was. wanted it to be Santa's life is fucked up. <clears throat> you yeah. hate Christmas. Cool. I'm, I'm indifferent <laughs> about Christmas. I just prefer Halloween. So, yeah. but that's the thing. Like it, it, the whole time, I thought it was going to be like Santa's just got some shit going, and uh, it didn't end that way. But the, like I said, though, I did like it because it was different, and it you know was a little more lighthearted than Santa's life is just fucked up. What also it takes away the mysticism where all the other episodes have a mystical aspect to them uh, or a magical aspect to them you have the ghost yeah. story you have the changeling you have krampus and then the the thing that is the most magical from the very beginning that doesn't introduce the element but starts out with it um becomes mundane at the end of the story and so that also calls into question since they're all connected the reality of the other three stories well you gotta fucking ruin everything for me <laughs> It's what I do. Like I said, I'm an old. I'm just trying to make you grow <laughs> up. I'm just turning you bitter and haggard against life and reality like just I am. Old. Just, just an, an old, old man. <sighs> it's like, I'm just, I'm just screaming at the clouds at this point. You know, you just, just feel bad. Shaking feel bad for old a cloud. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm out of shit to say about this movie. So if you have, yeah, I figure we got a rank. Yeah. So let's, let's get to our fap scale. Which Corey hates. I not like it a lot more than Corey likes it. Which I mean, jerk off fapping I is not it. the same level of disappointment for you as it is for some of us. Well, I never feel good about myself. Every time I'm done, it's always like that again. It's like, why do I do this? Yeah, why do I let this happen? Doing this, there's a mess everywhere. There's I mean, I can literally hear baby Jesus everywhere. crying when I finish. Um, it's just, what a terrible thing. It doesn't help that he's in the other room while I'm. Yeah, that's true. He just kind of nailed up to a board. 
<laughs> All right, let's get in. Let's 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 do the fact. Happy um, birthday, Jesus! Oh, Corey, blow <laughs> uh, out this candle. <laughs> all right, the fab scale zero to five, doing the feature, the attention, and the panic. Uh, we'll start with feature, which is going to be the story itself of the actual movie. Since we have no guest, I'm going to make Corey go first. Uh, there are parts of it that I really like, and there are parts of it that I think just didn't click. And I can't even lean towards a a middling score of a three. I'm going to have to go two. I, I think that the stuff that that doesn't click is is more than the stuff that does. It's really hard to argue with that. I go one and a half prick. Um, <clears throat> God, maybe not. I don't know. Like, I, I, when I was watching this movie, it was Alyssa came in and she's like, what was your movie? And I'm like, you know, it's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought this would be kind of cheesy, kind of shitty. Um, but and it one, was those things, but not to the level that you were expecting. No, 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 no. And I, and I remember... A couple days ago, Mark Krawcheck, who's been a guy on the show a couple times, had a Facebook post about how he really liked it. So that got me kind of excited yeah. because his recommendation in a long way with me to so many fucking... And Mark is smart. I mean, I will I yeah, will absolutely say that Mark's score is probably uh, a better value than my score. But well, I, I come at it from how I feel about it. The behind. That's true. That's how I feel things. <laughs> Let's uh, move into the... I ain't got Trump money. I can't come at it from up front and just grab it. Grab it in the pussy. Uh, let's do <laughs> the, the A. The A in our fapping. Uh, it's the attentions, the rewatchability, zero to five. Cool. You know, it, it's funny because while I think the story was lacking, I would rewatch this. It, this would easily go into a, a normal rotation of a holiday like I want to watch a horror holiday holiday movie fest. Uh, this could go in that list very easily, better than some of the other holiday movies that we've watched. Uh, I think it's it's more enjoyable than it is good. So you'd rather so watch was, this than Santa's sleigh? It depends on who I'm with and how much I dislike them. Oh, fuck uh, you. So such a good. Yeah, I know you think that. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three point five. I know you think. Ah, you're lucky. Um. Maybe a hard time. If you ever wonder why I drag on while we're doing this, is because we have a big spreadsheet. Keep the numbers in a spreadsheet. Fucked up the cell in the spreadsheet. Putting in Corey's number. All right, recovered. Uh, <clears throat> I have a three for the rewatchability, just because I think, like you said, it'd be kind of a funny movie to show to people. You know, it's a funny Christmas. You're drinking with your friends, and you want to watch a Christmas movie at Christmas time, but you don't want to watch Die Hard, the only other Christmas movie that exists. Is I mean, sometimes you story. don't. You don't just put on good movies. You'll watch bad movies again because, Never. you know, you're not looking for them to be deep. You're just looking to be entertained. You're just looking mm -hmm. to let your brain fuck around and have something that can be visually interesting or every once in a while you look up and go, oh, yeah, this part in the background. And that's that's perfectly OK. So I think movies tell the value beyond whether or not they're good or bad. Sometimes there's good, bad. Ghostbusters, yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, there's definitely movies that are bad, but. And how did we miss Ghostbusters in the earlier conversation? Oh, shit. Ghostbusters a, 1 man. and 2 set. Yeah. And um, obviously not the never published scene, but Twilight Zone the movie is a good solid oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Twilight Zone the show. Twilight Unsolved Zone Mysteries. the show. Yes. Unsolved Mysteries. Is a yeah. Um, let's do the last, the P. The P in our fapping. Uh, it's a panic. It's going to be our scariness. The fapping. Uh, it's uh, the scariness <laughs> of the movie. Corey, you get to go first. Um... Not terribly scary. I think that the more serious storylines, if they had been the stronger ones, would have upped the scariness factor. It would have given it a higher scale. Um, but the the serious ones were the Changeling one and the high school one. And I felt like those are the ones that were the most lacking. So I'm going to have to go 1.5 on it. That's that's a really good score. I'm I'm straight up going zero. I there was nothing that was scary about this. It was all pretty cheesy. Elves don't exist, so them turning into zombies is. Bleh. But don't you find the elves themselves inherently scary? Necessarily, I'm not freaked out. Short people. Did you did you want to have sex with them? I didn't see any chicks. No. There were there there are definitely female elves, but I wasn't trying to limit you. I just wonder which way you lean. It's like, am I am I freaked out by elves, or am I into elves in a weird way? I, I, for you. <laughs> where's your arrow pointed right at my death uh yeah so that'll do it for oh zero i gave it a zero that's you gave it a zero i did give it a zero. full-blown zero not scared so that'll do it for the fap the fapness Corey. uh you can contact us if you want to and i'm sure there are words to be said about how we handle the show maybe it speaks to why we need guests uh you can leave us a voicemail at 805 
328-3966. You can email us at pot at gncast.com or leave us a message on the website, gncast.com. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear what you think about the show, what you think about the movies review, what you think about Matt's interest in elves. Which way do you think he leans? I think it's one or the other. I really do. But uh, he's not going to say it on the air because he's a little scared, probably because he lives in Wisconsin. I don't know what that means. Uh, You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast of Terror. And subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher, whichever one you use. Uh, You can leave us feedback there as well. We'd love to hear from you on that. And we like to read reviews on the air when we get them. So that would be delightful. All subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And you can join our Facebook group under the page Galactic Network. Uh, Matt? People would love to hear you no, play no. drums. Yeah, they do. Oh, that. I thought you were going to talk to me. That too. No, no. <clears throat> um, well, I guess. You can if you want. Uh, we have a Bandcamp page, drumlifeguard.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Matt Corey. And also, if you're a subscriber to iTunes Music or Google Play or well, any of those other also. ones, you can probably just... If you're of the sort who just streams music instead of buying the CD, you cheap bastard. Oh, you can, you can totally just stream it off of Bandcamp, too. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to. But at least but it's in those different places, yep. whichever is most convenient for you. It's even on Sirius XM Radio. Really? Yeah, I was a check. That's kind of sexy nuts. Click a checkbox. <laughs> I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard of anyone that's heard it there or like requested it or anything. So all I know is that I checked the box. I wonder which station it would show up on. I mean, obviously the big... Crosby favorites, but yeah, yeah, we uh, they ask you your genre of music, and I just I, our genre was Bing Crosby. That's fair, that's a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing a lot of people don't remember that Bing Crosby was a lifeguard and he did drown in a heaping, hyping cup of OJ. Uh, okay, and then I, my stuff, uh, you can go to donutscomics.com, see the comics I help publish for Levi Krauss, the blogs that I write for those comics for Levi Krauss and company, uh, Chrissy Ambar. Uh, so yeah that's pretty much it awesome that's gonna do it for another episode of the podcast for listening if you're a podcast a terror fan that tells me two things you either like podcasts or you like terror oh that's true if you're in the former category I know of a good podcast that's terrorless that you could listen to well there's mild amounts of terror but it's not it's not the primary goal of this Uh, and of course I'm talking about 90s percentile oh that's a good one it's a podcast about you guessed it the Frank's 90s. Alone. Oh, okay. <laughs> the 90s. Uh, yeah, and you can check that out at wepodcast.com. You can also check out our Simpsons podcast, Worst Episode Ever. I hear that's a good one. Uh, it's all right. Next week on the Podcast of Terror. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, Edward Scissorhands with our buddy Gregor. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. That That's all we're going to be doing next week. Corey? I mean, we're, we're basically just going to sit here and put scissors on our hands and on our fingers and then try to make our own fap scale that's what we're gonna do for an hour we're gonna we're gonna wear uh, freddy gloves and see who can bleed the least jerking off and the science of edward scissor masturbation thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast here we'll talk to you guys next week stay scary and stay safe everybody For listening to another episode of the Podcast of Tear, you can help Galactic Netcast pay for our web and audio hosting by supporting us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash galactic netcasts and pledge as little as dollars a month. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. That's gncast.com. 